Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. And we're live. Alright. What is up, brother? What up, brah? We're using Skype, y'all. <laughs> we are. <laughs> it's both cool and weird to see each other on the same screen. Talking yeah. in real time. Talking in real time. Well, with a half of a second lag for you. Yeah. I'm dealing with it, though. That's crazy. You probably have better internet. <laughs> I think that's probably what it is. I've got like 125 meg download from Xfinity. This thing is pretty freaky fast. Yeah, we got like Mediacom. I don't even know what they give us. Country Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. The donkeys are over there on their wooden spool things trying to. <laughs> uh, that is awesome, dude. I can't even. No, I I had it like 15 meg download. It was pretty slow. Then mm-hmm. for work, they started issuing us laptops so that we could run Unigraphics at home, uh, design software that we use at work, and. Um, they made us test our internet speed at home to see if we could work from home efficiently. Right. And like nobody was able to because internet was too slow. And so GM partnered with um, Xfinity and we all got business class. Nice. It's fast. It's fast. That's I mean, what I mean. 25. My computer works better at home than it does at work half the time. That's legit. It is fast, man. Super fast. So, yeah, it's all good. Then I get to use the same internet for stuff like this. Love it. Can't beat it. So, I just gotta, you know, it's gonna take me a few more seconds, but I'm with you. <laughs> it's not that far back. <laughs> <laughs> not that bad of a lag. But, cool, man. Episode 10, where can we be found? Here we are at episode 10. We can be found so many places, dude. Uh, we got a WordPress site that is, what is it? Unchurchedpodcast.wordpress.com. Yeah. We are on the Twitters and the Instas, at UnchurchedPod. Um, we're on iTunes. All you iPhone users, you ain't got no excuse. Nope. Well, here's okay. Sidebar. Sidebar. Some other motherfuckers <laughs> started a podcast <laughs> called Unchurched. Okay, who does that? Who does that? They so, didn't even check with us first. You know, they didn't ask. They didn't ask for permission to use that name. But they did put on. Yeah, they have <laughs> brackets and the in brackets. So whatever. It, don't 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 listen to that i mean do listen to them listen to them but you'll probably only make it like three minutes and then you'll be like fuck this shit (laughs) because that's what i did (laughs) but anyway we are on itunes we are unchurched podcast um yes not to be confused with just unchurched and yeah where else are we oh check us out go to our our website if you're an android user 
Click on the uh, Google Podcast links and you'll find us there. I mean, wherever. SoundCloud, too. And SoundCloud, yes, yes. Actually, the only place we are not is Facebook. Yeah, how about that? We're on Twitter. <laughs> at UnchurchedPod. <laughs> but we don't like Facebook. Facebook's gay. It's old. <laughs> you know. Hey, hey, listen, we're going to get a call from Mark. Uh, you yeah. don't care about us. Uh, he's too busy lying about rights and marketing too, schemes. Too busy lying to Congress. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I did no, like uh, how the there was a congressman I think who was asking how like or I, I forget who it was, but he's like, "So how do you guys make your money if this is a free you know service to the public?" And <laughs> Mark was like, "Well, sir, we sell ad space." <laughs> and the guy was like, oh, okay. Yeah, some old fogey that doesn't know how the internet works. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't know how Facebook works. They've, he's been living under a rock for the last 30 years and refuses to let his grandkids show him how to use Facebook. Yeah, buddy, I guarantee you he has one. With oh, one yeah, of those no images. Dude, my grandfather has a freaking Facebook. His profile picture is like just his big old face. <laughs> like the background's lit up. You came. It's like a silhouette of his face. He <laughs> wow. should have just kept the blue person. Yep. Or is that MySpace? MySpace is going way back. No, it's Twitter. Twitter just has the blue face. Oh, right? there you go. I don't know. No? The bird, probably. The bird. The bird's the word. Okay. <laughs> the word of the day is the bird. Sweet. Yeah, so we're we're uh, we're taking care of business here, man. So you guys can follow us. Oh, uh, second thought here: make sure you give us a five star rating on uh, on iTunes. Hell yeah! And uh, drop us a comment if you like what you hear. We'll keep it coming. Yeah, we'll respond. That's That'll what help we us do. Uh, get up in the rankings on iTunes with all their SEO and funny business that they've got going on. You know. True. So that's what's up. What else were we gonna cover? I feel like there was something else. Um, my birthday's coming up, July nineteenth. So make sure you guys send me a we shout can out. We cover that. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna set up a PayPal link on the website so you can just donate all your funds to Michael for his birthday. My birthday. There you go. It's the unchurched. Tithe, if you will. <laughs> hey, yo, tithe, bitches. Yeah, good luck with that. We don't want your tithe money. No, you can keep your tithe. So, sweet. So your weekend was good? My weekend... What did, what did I do? Oh, yeah, my weekend was good. <clears throat> so, pretty much worked all weekend. We had a, a wedding that we had to shoot. Um, yeah. Made some money there. And dude, nice. like the groom was dope, the bride was dope, no bridezilla. Like everyone was chill, everyone was drinking like all day. <laughs> I mean, it was the easiest freaking wedding to shoot. So that was good. Sweet. And then Sunday we had another shoot for an open house for some people around here, and we did that, and then just kind of hung out, man. Sweet. Took it easy. Sweet. What about you? That works. 
of Friday, we... I don't think we did anything Friday night. Oh, the wife had her book club Friday night. Book club. Yeah, air quotes. Yeah, <laughs> and the only thing they actually read is a bottle of the side of the wine bottle. <laughs> Um, so that was, that was cool. And I had a buddy in town that was in town to, for the christening of his baby. He's from Detroit. So he, uh, brought his little six month old, uh, back for christening nice. at their, uh, at their church out in way too far. And, um, that was cool. Uh, we didn't do that Friday. We just went over to my buddy's house and had some drinks and hung out for a bit. Play some bocce ball Friday night in the dark, in the rain. Interesting. There might have been booze involved. <laughs> um, I would hope so. <laughs> Hopefully you're not that dumb. <laughs> if it's Saturday. Uh, my other boy, Sean, came over. What? Yeah. Asian Sean stood up in my, my wedding. My brother. He, uh... He just called me on a whim Saturday. I'm barbecuing and Jenna's sitting outside with me and she's watching the iPad and Sean calls me and says, Hey, I'm in your neighborhood. Come on by. So he stopped on by and, uh, we did a little hopping around town <clears throat> with Lyft. <laughs> I wish we were sponsored by Lyft. I yeah, use Lyft cool. anytime I'm not in Harrisburg. See, it's the whip, man. So we had a good time Saturday, hanging out with friends, and then Sunday, I spent most of the bit, uh, most of the day in bed because Saturday was so crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was fun, man. We had a blast. We went out to buddies for uh, after the ceremony for my buddy's kid, and uh, got full on pizza. It was awesome. Nice. So, a whole weekend of just hanging out with friends having some drinks and had a few cigars and super chill. Oh, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it was super fun. So we had a good time. But yeah. All right. Today is recording day. Yeah. It never falls on the same day. (laughs) No, it really doesn't. But any day that we're recording is recording day. Mm hmm. That's right. As long as we keep them coming out every Sunday. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Consistency. So, what do you want to talk about? You kind of had uh, an idea. Yeah, dude. So, so I was reading this book called Unchristian, and um, there's a guy who works. He's the president of the Barna Group. And um, so if you want to check out the book, um, it's called Unchristian by David Kinnaman. Uh, but he talked about um, the way Christians today discuss and relate to those who are not Christian. And I thought he he brought out a really, really good uh, point that I want to discuss with you about the fact that the way that we relate to those who are not Christians can be offensive and can really push people away from wanting to be part of uh, the Christian church just because of the way that they're related to and, and the way that they are uh, talked about. Right. Um, and, you know, by other Christians. So like he says, the, 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 um, 
people get uncomfortable. They're like their their emotional barriers come up. They they put up a wall when other Christians uh, start talking about them, and when other Christians come around, they get uncomfortable because, like you were talking about, um, in the last episode with the uh, millennial theory and the generational theory about how we we call them different names in the, in the church or amongst other Christians, we'll call them names like the lost. <laughs> the unsaved. <laughs> we'll call them pagans. Yeah. We'll call them heathens. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. I we, That's a part of everyday language of a whole lot of Christians when they're talking about people that aren't saved. Uh, we'll call them lost, pagan, heathen. Um, we'll, we'll call them everything except for those that are not Christians. In this book, he calls them outsiders. Um, and and in his estimation, that was the the most um, uh, non-offensive thing that he can come up with to to categorize people that aren't Christians or people that don't uh, people that don't aspire to our faith. And I thought it was very interesting, man. It was very interesting. I know it I've used that language as well. I'm guilty too. I've used that language yeah. of you know the lost or. You know, praying for the lost or praying for the unsaved. Well, dude, we grew up in church. I mean, you know, yeah, we were taught certain things, and that was the culture, and that's just what you do. You know, if you're raised in a culture, you speak how that culture speaks, whether it's right or wrong, or dumb or yeah. not. Right. But uh, the 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 ending point that he came to that I thought was interesting. I'll just read this real quick. It says labeling people can undermine our ability to see them as human beings and as individuals. And that's the whole point that, that he got to, uh, you know, at the beginning of this book that depending on the way that we relate to them, we can almost, even though it may be unintentional, we can project that they are less than what we are. Because they're not Christians. Mm. And I think that that's a sad point to come to. That, yeah, you may have a heart for people to come to Christ, and that's a good thing, right? I mean, Jesus says to go ye into all the world, teach all nations, discipling them, preaching the gospel, right? Teaching all nations to obey God. And that's I'm good with that. I'm good with uh, the fact that that I believe that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. You know, and that nice, and that <laughs> and that if we can introduce people to God uh, by the way of Jesus Christ, we we will be better off as a world. And I, I believe that God wants all of His creation to live for Him. That all of his creation will be translated to all of his sons and daughters because of faith in Jesus Christ. John 117. Mm-hmm. Uh, John 112. I said 117 last time. I'd said it again this time. John 112. So to as many as believe in his name, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. So I, I, I believe that um, that everything that we do as Christians, everything that we say, how we respond to the rest of the world, it testifies of Christ. It says something about our relationship with God. It says something about our 
uh, maturity as Christians. It says something, right? Jesus said that by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. But if in your Christianity and your relationship with God, you talk down to other people, or if you consider them to be less than who you are, or less than anything because they're not Christians, you've already lost the battle when it comes down to winning souls. And it's a sucky place to be in. So that in the nutshell is the level set everybody as to what we're talking about. Yeah, I I mean I think it's a good topic, especially for us and like what you know the the conversation that we wanna not start, but continue, because again, I think conversations like this in the church and with Christians are already happening. So, you know, we're adding to that by doing this podcast. That's what I believe, and I think you do too. Absolutely. And I think having this conversation is really good, because one, you've got freaking just the old stuff stuck in their way mindset of I guess just old people I don't know like I, so <laughs> let me try and recover from whatever the hell I just clean said it up, clean it up clean it so up so growing up in the church right like my grandfather was a pastor okay and I never knew my father my mom divorced him before I was one, um, and so, you know, my grandfather was basically, like, always around. He was my mentor, so to speak. I looked up to him. I still do. He's an awesome man. Um, and just growing up in the church, having that, aside from, you know, faith or Christianity or anything, I admire my grandfather, and therefore... He taught me things, and I looked up to him and, you know, looked for him, to him for advice and that sort of thing. And some of the stuff that, like, he believed or preached or taught kind of maybe not, you know, is the most healthy things to reach people who are not faith-believing in Jesus or whatever word you want to call them, right? So I grew up in this culture of, you know, calling people lost or not saved or heathens or pagans or sinners or whatever adjective you want to use. And, you know, with my whole life story, I mean, I walked away from the church and from God, honestly, from faith. And I was like, fuck all the shit coming back to that now <clears throat> and saying, okay, let's reexamine mostly everything. <laughs> This falls into one of those things because it's like, dude, from an outside perspective, you can't just like call people certain things or like it alienates and it pushes people away, which is the exact opposite of what we're called to do as Christians. Right. And here in this Christianese culture, we build this little bubble and we, we go to church, you know, Sunday, Wednesdays, maybe more like throughout the week and we only hang out and associate with Christians because we don't want to associate with the quote unquote heathens and the sinners. Cause you know, they're going to pollute our mentality 
and they're going to hurt our faith because we're so fucking weak that, you know, by faith in Christ, I can't even be around someone who doesn't believe the same way I do because then I might start to believe the same way they do, I guess. I don't know. And that's kind of like the culture I grew up in. I mean, my parents, I mean, my mom remarried, so I say parents because I have two now. But sure. my mom, more specifically, like, would not let me, I mean, she was strict and, like, wouldn't let me go out past certain times. I couldn't hang out with certain people. Uh, and I spent most of my friendships and most of my time with Christian people yeah. who had parents of the same thing. Sure. So being on the inside of it, I guess you could say. And then removing myself from it, my opinion now, I can see, like, how alienating and how uh, backwards some of the church mindset and culture is, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And it's kind of funny now, because some of the shit that, like quote-unquote Christians say or think is just normal, the rest of everyone in the world is like, you guys are fucking nuts. And then at some point, you find yourself on TV saying that airplanes are tubes full of demons. (laughs) I mean, that's a very harsh, weird, extreme version of, like, calling people pagans and heathens and (laughs) praying for the lost. Sure. Sure. You know, there's there's that whole campaign of no labels, right? Quote, no labels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because, like we talked about, you really can't just put people in a big box. You really can't do that because it it takes away a person's individuality in such a way that, like, we already have enough of an identity crisis for a lot of people, right? You have so many people that don't necessarily believe or feel like they belong to a certain group. Mm -hmm. The last thing that you want to do is classify somebody by the negative. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're like, okay, these are the unchristians or these are the, are are the, um, you know, even to say outsiders, I, I think it's still a little bit harsh because it takes away the personhood of an individual. Uh, excuse me. And that's the last thing that we the yeah. last thing we want to do is take away somebody's or affect someone's identity in a negative way. Now that being said, um who cares about their title? Who cares if they are um Christian or non Christian? At the end of the day, we're called to love, right? I, I mean I think. Yeah, and, and I don't think you necessarily need to classify a person in order to love them. I don't think you necessarily need to put a title on someone in order to necessarily bring them to Christ. You can just see them as a person. God forbid, just by their name. You know, the there's such an identity crisis and especially in this generation where people don't feel like they belong anywhere or they're trying to they're in search of where they belong in search of what their people would be or their 
you know, their group would be where they would be accepted. And it says a lot about a person to be able to just accept a person just because they're a person. To accept someone just because they're human. Mm-hmm. Like not not race, not not their creed, not their the place they grew up in or anything like that. Now, uh, not to negate the fact that, you know, some people feel like they're called to a certain people group. More part to you. If you feel like you're called to all Asians, fine, go for it. You, you got a love for Asians, go ahead and love them. You know what I'm saying? There's people that are, that are they feel like they're called to Detroit. <laughs> right? <laughs> and fine, you're called to Detroit. Do your ministry in Detroit. You're called to a specific people like that. I, I can get that kind of category. But to say... We're here for the lost of Detroit. Come on, dude. That's a. I think that's a little overboard. Yeah. Because true true ministry isn't just to unbelievers, and I can't. Even, I, I don't know if I'm saying that. Just unbelievers, because there's so many people that they're not necessarily unbelievers. They're they're trying to find. They're trying to find out what the truth is. They're trying to find a way to get to God, some kind of way. Like they kind of believe in God, but don't really know because they're just searching. And that's okay. One thing we want to avoid is alienating people based on a title or a category that we want to put them in. At the end of the day, it's about people. Just people. Well, just thinking too, like this whole... Like, where did the term or the, you know, name, whatever it's called, like, lost come into, like, being used? I mean, obviously it came from, you know, I'm assuming, like, just using the brain God gave me. It's probably from, you know, I was lost and now I'm found. (laughs) I wonder where they, like... Yeah, you you know, what it takes me back to is Jesus saying... Um, you know, uh, I'm says those that are whole don't need a physician, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, he said that I've come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Okay, and that's probably not even the best translation of what he said uh, in in the Greek, right? I mean, Jesus. Excuse me, believe it or not, Jesus uh, spoke Hebrew. I know that's a shocker for a lot of people. What? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm sure that's a lot of, I mean, he, he, he was, he's a Jew. You're blaspheming right now. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so many, there's so he much. He was white, damn it. <laughs> oh, actually, he's a Jew. And, uh, and given the place where, Israel is and Jerusalem is and uh, all of those places that we look at in the in the Bible is actually uh, east of here, <laughs> not European white. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, I think that some some of the things uh, were lost in translation from from Hebrew to Greek, from even Aramaic. So the Bible was written in those three languages, right? Mm. Hebrew. 
and Aramaic for the Old Testament and primarily Greek for uh, the New Testament. And so Jesus steps on the scene and all of Jesus talking, that was originally uh, what he what he actually had to say was actually not in Greek. It was in Hebrew, but uh, it was translated into Greek for the New Testament because most of the New Testament was written in Greek. I, I think some of that was lost in translation, but further translating it to English, it comes out as the lost sheep of or the lost tribes of Israel. So I think that's where that lost terminology came from. Yeah. Um, but amazingly enough, the term lost was never associated with Gentiles. Yeah, Gentiles. I was just kind of curious about it. <clears throat> yeah. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, it's such a prevalent term in Christianity and churches uh, in our Western American culture, you know? Yeah. And I highly doubt Jesus went up to people and was like, you're the lost people I've been praying for. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, honestly, Jesus was the only one that used that terminology lost. And it was, uh, it was, it was not a, a category that he put them in, but it was more of a, um, more of a poetic way of saying what he was trying to say. At least the way it was recorded was recorded in a more of a poetic way of what he was trying to say. Mm-hmm. The fact is, is that initially Jesus stepped on the earth. His mission was the Jewish people. And then towards the end of his ministry, which only lasted for three years, right? Towards the end of his ministry, uh, the, the focus was for everyone. And so his last commandments that he was giving as he was ascending was, I want you to go to all nations and all people groups. And when we look at the way Jesus talked about everyone else that were not Jews, that the gospel was to be presented to, he considered them to be people. So he said, all nations all people, because that's the way that we are to consider them. You know, Paul says, says, look, and in, in Jesus, there is no Jew or Greek or this or that. It's not that. It's just people. That's what it is. It's just people. There's just people. And we need to treat people like people. Like everyone has a right to know what Jesus has done for them. Everyone has a right to know that Jesus is the Son of God, that he came, that he lived a life, that he died, was buried, and rose again. Every person needs to know that. And so the way that we approach them should be the way that Jesus wanted them to be approached, which is just people. And it's, it's like you said, it's, just, it's something that causes people to clam up and run away from the church because they don't like Christianese. Well, too, I mean, if we were kind of on the coattails of uh, the last episode and generational theories and all that stuff, I mean, like I told you, you know, my grandfather was a minister for my entire life, and only recently did he retire. So a long time, but, you know, let's go back when I was 
I mean, 20 years ago when I was, you know, freaking nine or whatever, like, he was talking to people his age and relating to them how they spoke back then. And I'm saying back then, like, it's some, you know, long-ass time ago, like, in 1940, but, like, people don't talk the same way. They don't associate the same way. They don't think the same way. Culture is different. Um, so back then, maybe certain terms could have been taken differently or, you know, communicated differently. Today's society, that's not the case. Like, no one talks like that. No one in my generation goes around praying for lost people. They don't say that. <laughs> right. I don't think they say that. I, no one I associate with says that. Nope. We need to pray for the lost this weekend, brother. I, I mean, that's just not a thing. So obviously that's, you know, you say that today to someone my age, slightly younger or slightly older, give or take a few years, they're going to be like, mm, you're freaking weird. Peace out, bro. If you can't even talk to me like a normal human being, I'm not going to fucking listen to anything you say, you know? Right. So I think right. maybe there's a little bit of some of that going on, too. Yeah. But the fact is, it's 2018. People talk differently than they did 20 years ago, 40 years ago, you know? And people who still want to use these terminologies or these words or whatever... It's not working. Yeah. It's a turnoff. It's a huge turnoff. So we need to come up to date with the way that we talk to people and the way that we talk about people. Right? So what do you think? What do you think would be... Because I've been thinking about this, and I'm not absolutely sure as to what kind of terminology to use. I know the way that I approach people. You know, so so if somebody holds open the door for me, and I don't know who they are, nine times out of ten, if it's a guy, I'm like, dude, thanks, appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to say, hey, bro, thanks, <laughs> thanks very much, bro. I yeah. call everybody bro. I call everybody dude. And I know that that's not... It's not that very black of me, <laughs> but I don't care. Dude and bro, that's what I use most of the time. And even when I even when I evangelize or, you know, that word again, whatever. <laughs> when I go out and I preach the gospel to somebody or I share the gospel with whoever, I'm still saying the same stuff. Hey, bro, let me talk to you a second. Hey, dude, check this out. Have you heard the good news? What's the good news? Good news is that Jesus died on the cross for you, was buried and rose again three days later. That's the good news. Hey, sis. Oh, what's up, homegirl? Or whatever the case may be. Boo boo. <laughs> what a boo boo. I mean, it, we got to tread lightly. We got to use wisdom, though, I think is what the real thing is that I'm trying to get to. We have to use wisdom when it comes down to dealing with people. And depending on how you approach someone is what it will determine whether or not you're being that you're going to be well received or not. You mm-hmm. know, I I meet new people all the time, all the time. And I think all of us run into new people all the time. 
and and you can come off arrogant with the way that you address someone, or you can come off like a complete asshat, you know, when you when you talk to someone, or you can or you can come off very open and very friendly and and very like a willing person uh, to talk and engage. It's it's all about your initial delivery. But if your mindset is that people are not people, that we, we've got this huge divide between lost and found or lost and saved, you, you, you're going to lose people. Like We should come from the standpoint that we are the light and that we are Jesus in this world. And the way that Jesus relates to people is the way that we should try to relate to him as well. And it's something that happens uh, with practice. It, it, it's purposeful. It's something that we we make a decision within our heart or within our mind that we're going to be Jesus to every person that we come in contact with. That will affect the way that we talk to people and the way that we introduce ourselves to people, and and whether or not we're going to be offensive or we're going to be loving and accepting. I guarantee you, man, you consider people lost and pagans and heathens, you're going to come off as a jerk. And it's going to be, and you're going to have that air about you and that that arrogance about you that's just simply going to push people away. Yeah. Well, and, you know, rightfully so. I mean, Jesus himself didn't go to anyone that he ministered to, especially one-on-one from the accounts of the Bible, where he had that air about him. You know, he never, I mean, it wasn't recorded that he approached people with, like, they're below him, and they need him, and, you know, like, that, that wasn't the thing. Jesus came to people, or went to people, and met them where they were, treated them as a human being, and loved them. Like, that's what he did. And yeah. then their life was transformed. Right. So, and here's where, <clears throat> here's what I don't understand about the majority, you know, of church and Christianity in our society today. Is it's like we don't, one, either know that or two, remember it. Because that's how we should approach people. We should not sit in our comfy, warm, or cool, you know, friggin' church building on a Sunday and raise our hands and worship and feel the Spirit and get slain in the Spirit and have a word for someone and feel good because you tithe. Like, not that any of that is bad necessarily, but like, when, when do you go do ministry? When do you go love people? That's not... You're not called to, you know, once you're a Christian, to just maintain your faith in a building once or twice a week and then raise your kids to do the same thing. Like, I mean, not that we're all, you know, supposed to be long-term or um, overseas missionaries or whatever, but, like, we are missionaries. Every single one of us is a missionary. Once you believe and accept Christ into your heart and you confess with your mouth that you're saved, you are saved. Now, you show people 
Jesus. How do you do that? It isn't by sitting in your, your church. It's not by going to work and saying, well, I don't associate with you because you say fuck. Or, well, I would go hang out with everyone after work, but I don't drink because I'm saved. And I don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> who, wh- what mission are you on? Like, it, it, is faith literally just for you to be saved from hell and that's it? Because if it is, you might be one of them people who you die and you stand before the creator of everything and he's judging you and he's like, I never knew you. And they're going to be like, what? (laughs) No, 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 no. I tithe every week. I went to church. I didn't watch rated R movies. I didn't associate with sinners. I even prayed for the lost. And (laughs) he's like, you never once told anyone about me. Yep. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just a young whippersnapper, like millennial, who questions everything. But, like, there seems, I mean, why can we, not why can we, but why do we seem to find so much difficulty in just reading the Bible, seeing what Jesus did, and doing it? And I'm not even say doing it well. I'm just say, damn it, I'm going to try to be Jesus to someone today. And that doesn't mean here's a list of what I will tolerate and I won't tolerate. Here's a list of the candidates that you should and should not vote for. Here's a uh, how many times you should tithe and what it should be and like, no, 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 no. Like, how are you going to represent Christ like Christ represented himself? Yeah. He never once condemned anyone. He got pissed off. He threw some tables. <laughs> but even in that, he did not sin. That's what the scripture says. Right. No doubt about it. So, like, yeah. I'm not saying we need to be, you know, like, these people who just tolerate anything and don't have core values and oh whatever you want to do everything's awesome and great and you'll be judged one day and who's to know what the real truth is i don't believe that but the extreme version of that i feel is probably going to have the same outcome you're you're absolutely right so so being jesus to this world um it's not about classifying the world into some box, right? It's about just loving people for where they are and who they are. So mm-hmm. the the wonderful thing about Jesus is that, God, I just said that, and you know what just popped into my head? Squirrel. Okay, squirrel moment. The wonderful thing about Tigger. It's such a wonderful thing. His tail is made of spring. And bouncing, 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 all right. I'm definitely system. going to put that dubbed underneath what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it just popped in my head. The wonderful thing about Jesus. Just my cadence. Is he's the only was. one. He's the only one. No, the, the wonderful thing about Jesus, though, is that seriously, he he was so despised by so many of the religious leaders because he was willing to 
uh, go to places where the sinners were. Those that did not believe in him, those that didn't know anything about him, he was willing to go to where they were and to show up and to be the light in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Right? Where there was chaos, he brought peace. Where there was um, anger, he brought joy. You know, when, where there was pain, he brought healing. Everywhere he went, he made it better. So, so what if you don't want to go to bars because there are sinners there? You know what else is at bars? Ginger ale. You can go drink that. Coke. <laughs> Water. Some of, some of the best bars. I've got on a t-shirt right now. You see the t-shirt? Green Dot Stables, brah. Green Dot Stables, baby. This is Micah's favorite bar. Nice. His, his favorite place to go to eat. And he's Little 10. bitty sliders. How old is he? He's 10. He'll yeah. be 11 this year, dude. And it's like, come on, dude. We're not going here to get shit-faced. We're going here to eat some good food with my family. You mm-hmm. know? It, me, my wife, my son, my parents, my nieces, my nephew, my sister. We'll go out on a special occasion for Green Dot Stables. And we'll eat some bomb food. If we have a beer, we have a beer. If we don't have a beer, we don't have a beer. The kids aren't drinking beer. Sure. But it's a good family place. It's the cheapest restaurant in the city of Detroit. In the city of Detroit. And so what? They serve beer. Mm-hmm. They serve beer at Applebee's right now. At, at Chili's. And they have a bar. Hell, in the name, it's Chili's Bar and Grill. You're going to tell me you're not going to go because it says bar? <clears throat> Come yeah. on, man. Give me a break, dude. All that is is just judgment to people who are not Christians. That's all it is, man. It's just judgment. And it's unnecessary if you truly do love people. So what? There's a bar. You don't have to go sit at the bar. Every restaurant has a bar now. I can't think of a restaurant that doesn't have a bar. We go out for Italian food, a very nice place every now and then. It has a bar. We'll go there, we'll eat and not drink a thing, a lick of alcohol at all, no beer at all. We sit down and have a nice Italian dinner and and not sit at the bar. Or we'll sit at the bar. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Bar, no bar. Who cares? Who cares? Are there people there? Yes. Are we called to love people? Yes. Then go have a good time. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. Stop being so stuck up and so full of yourself. Such a way that you, you can't be around other people. You're not going to catch something. Right? You can be in a tube full of demons and not, and not get contaminated. <laughs> the anointing will protect you. Don't worry about protecting the anointing. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the Spirit of God within you. If you're a Christian, you have the Spirit of God within you. What more do you need than that? There's been plenty of times I've walked into a place that has a bar. Call it a bar and grill. Call it whatever you want. And I'll see people coming out. And I'll give them the gospel before I go in. And eat. And have a good time. Hmm. Just because the Spirit of God gave me an unction. is right there on the spot. And I responded. You know, just because there are people. I'm not always on. Nobody is always on 100% of the time. Yeah. And I don't think that it is an, I don't think that it's a legitimate expectation that you as a Christian always be on the on. It's 
not it's not expected that you're always on that like we all have bad days or <laughs> or like the unchristian <laughs> podcast it's not a podcast christians get depressed too <laughs> i mean stuff happens right you may not feel you may not fill up to it that day but days when you're on and it's like you know what dude i'm on fire today man i'm I've been hearing God all day. I've been, uh, you know, been sensitive to a spirit. I've worshiped spontaneously today. Like, yeah, you know, I, I, I spent 15 minutes at lunchtime just praying today. And it was just something that I just needed to say to God, whatever the case may be. And you may be on at that moment mm-hmm. and boom, you can give the gospel to somebody or you can pray for somebody or you can, you know, give an encouraging word to somebody, whatever the case may be. I don't know who cares. The, the, the fact is, is that. If you've got Jesus within you, you've got love. And our ability to love others is based upon our understanding of how much we've actually been loved. Our ability to forgive someone else is dependent upon our understanding of how much we've been forgiven. You know, when, 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 uh, uh, when the woman comes up to Jesus and she's uh, 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 crying on his feet, she's washing her feet, washing his feet with her tears, mm-hmm. drying them with her hair. The Pharisees that were in the room, this gets satisfying. <laughs> the Pharisees in the room, they're like, if this man was truly a prophet, he would know what sort of woman this is that was touching him. Mm-hmm. And he said, he said, Simon, come here. Let me talk to you for a second. He said, I walked in the door. You didn't give me anything for my feet. When, when, I, when I walked in the door, you didn't kiss my feet. You didn't wash my feet. You didn't give me a towel. Nothing. You didn't do anything for me. This woman right here, from the moment I walked in, hasn't ceased to wash my feet with her tears or dry my feet with her hair. said, this woman, whose sins are many, are forgiven. Okay? Because she loved much, is what he said. Her many sins are forgiven because she loved much. Not because she repented a thousand times. Not because of all of this, all of this other stuff. But the fact is, is that she had an awareness of who Jesus was at that moment and that she needed him. So she loved on him, and as a result of that love, he said that her sins, which were many, were forgiven. Now, there's some scholars that will say that she was the the Mary that was spoken of previously who had seven demons cast out of her. Mm-hmm. I've heard okay? that. They, they say that that's the same person. Even though the Bible doesn't explicitly say that she's the same woman, many scholars believe that she was. And then here's here's the ending fact. Jesus says, for he who, um, for, for he that is forgiven much, loves much. But for he who is forgiven little, loves little. And, and what Jesus was actually saying was, when we understand the depth of our forgiveness, we'll love more. If you have a lesser understanding of the level of which you've been forgiven, you'll actually love less. Dude, that's deep, man. Because yeah. the fact is, is that so many people judge other people and consider them to be 
you know, the the unsaved or the pagans or the heathens of the world, they're not showing love because they don't have a good understanding of or an ample understanding of how much they've actually been forgiven. Dude, when you understand that there is nothing that you ever could have done to translate yourself from the kingdom of, kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And that Jesus was the only way for you to get to God. Step back and you look at yourself. Because I know that I didn't deserve it. The best thing about Christianity is understanding that you are you are grafted into a, a family, the family of God, the body of Christ, and you don't deserve it. You've not done anything. You can't pay your way into it. You can't serve your way into it. You can't bless other people enough in order to get translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You, you can't do any of that. The only thing you can do is believe in Jesus Christ, and then you will be given power to become the sons of God. That's mm -hmm. it. It's believing. It's believing, and therefore you be. It is not do, and therefore you are, but it's believe, and then you are. And then because you are, you do. That's so deep, I'm going to say it one more time. You don't do in order to become. You believe in order to become. And after you are, then you do. So if so, it, it was from the standpoint that look, this woman is loving so much right now, because now she is, and she is now because she believed before, and through her belief she was forgiven of all of her sins, and because she understands how much she's been forgiven for, therefore she is loving this much. She's loving so much more that it's actually embarrassing you to watch her love me this much, washing my feet with her tears and drying them with her hair. And I think that's, so, that's what so many Christians miss in the church today. They miss the essence of, of you're forgiven so that you can be empowered to love. Yeah. Boom. <clears throat> that's deep, man. That's good. And like, yeah, I mean, dude, that, that was me, like growing up in church, being sheltered and kept from things. A, a lot of the times I wasn't able to go do, you know, sinful things, just to be honest. So growing up in the church, it was easy and in that you know, kind of household, it was easy to think, well, like, I mean, I, I even said it before, like, well, I don't have really a testimony because I've never really done anything bad. <laughs> the only thing that I've done bad is like mental things or like, you know, not loving someone or whatever, but like the quote unquote things that I and along with a lot of other people my age were taught growing up. Like, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't have tattoos, I didn't say curse words, I didn't sleep around, I didn't Dude, steal. You've all of those now. You know, I I wasn't into porn. Like, what are the other big ones? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I barely listened to quote unquote secular music. Secular I always had music. on like positive uplifting christian music for the whole family 
CCM, baby. And if you're from Florida in the Orlando area, you know what I'm about to say. But Z88.3. That was the station, dude. CCM, worship music. I mean, that was it. And I honestly think they're still around doing that thing. Which, again, there's nothing wrong with that. But growing up in, I mean, the way I did, like, I was totally those guys who were like, do you even think he knows who she is? Like, I was that guy. And until I walked away from, like, faith and church and God, and I was like, fuck all of this shit. I had no intention of ever praying again or being a Christian or being associated or going to church or trying to do ministry or love people like that. I mean, I I gave up, dude. I didn't care. I did whatever the fuck I wanted. And it's weird because, you know, as Christians, we're so like, we don't want to cause someone to stumble because that would be horrible. I mean... I'm not saying in order for you to have a legitimate transformation, you need to go sleep around and drink and curse and listen to secular music and steal and rape and murder. I'm not saying you need to do all of that stuff so that you can see how awesome Jesus is. I'm just saying from the life that I've lived, when I walked away from God, and I backslid to use Christianese, that's when my faith got real. Because that is when Jesus found me. At my lowest, I prayed to God, and I said, if you're real, you need to fucking show up, and you need to show up right now. And if you do, I will always serve you. I will know you're real. You will be my God, and and I'll do whatever you want me to do. If you don't, fuck it. He found me. Like, he came to me. Yeah. And now my testimony means so much more. I went from the guy who was, like, a Pharisee or, you know, hey, do you know who she is? Because if you did, you wouldn't let her be touching you. To the guy who's like, who the fuck are you? Like, come over here. Let me, let me, let me, let me talk to you for a second. Okay? <laughs> And again, I'm not trying to say, go do whatever you want and Jesus will save you and then your life's going to be awesome. I'm just saying that was my story. But it's so funny to me because now I'm on the, I guess, the Jesus side, if I had to put it into words. But like, I understand Jesus a little more because it's, it's like, bro you judge and you condemn and you think because you've kept yourself from things like you're on this higher pedestal or you're, you know, better than you are. Like, no, man. Every single one of us is a fucking piece of shit. The only thing that changes us is Christ and the fact that he died on a cross, shed his blood, was dead, rose again. Here we are. That's the faith, brother. That is the faith. You know, I, I think that there's this parable that, that Jesus tells, and I know we got to wrap it up here shortly, but there's a parable that Jesus tells of 
the lost coin. It is called the parable of the lost coin. But the, the, really, there's um, there's a couple stories in there that's all talking about the same thing: Jesus finding those who are lost, for lack of a better way to put it. Uh, so you got the parable of the lost coin, and you have the the parable of the lost sheep, right? So with the first one, the, the parable of the lost coin, I can't remember which one comes first, but let's just say the lost coin comes first uh, for the sake of argument. Um, he says that um, I think when she found the coin, um, oh, the third one is the parable of the lost pearl. Okay, um, so all three parables speak of how ridiculous of a concept this really is, but it actually testifies of how uh, generous God is with his grace. So the first one, the parable of the lost coin, woman finds the coin, she calls people over to celebrate that she found the coin. Just the coin. Mm-hmm. A little penny. Okay? Which is absurd that you would throw a party for a penny. <laughs> right? Second one, the lost uh, lost pearl that was found, He what he did was he buried the pearl in a field and then bought the field. Sounds ridiculous, right? Why would anybody do that? Why would anybody take a pearl and dig it in the ground and throw it in the ground and then buy the field and say, okay, this whole field is mine now for this pearl. And then there's the lost sheep. He says that, he says, what kind of shepherd would, uh, who has a hundred sheep, leave the 99 to go search after the one that is lost? And the whole point of all of that was nobody would do that. Yeah. The point was that nobody would do it. There is no shepherd, excuse me, there is no shepherd on this earth that would leave the 99 to go search for one that was lost. Because most likely, if it's lost out there in the field or in the world, so to speak, in the forest, okay, oh, they, they've left the pasture and went out somewhere else. Most likely a mountain lion is going to get it or a bear or some other predator is going to get that sheep and they're going to have a meal. Okay. But the good shepherd, Jesus, is going to leave the 99 to go grab the one because the 99, he is confident, are safe in the hands of the father. Right. So he'll go out and get the one. He will celebrate. So so the point is, is that, you know, scripture says that all of heaven rejoices for one sinner that comes to know Christ. Right? Why is there such an extravagant party for such a small number? But it testifies of the grace of God. It testifies of of the uniqueness of Christ uh, in in all of religions. The uniqueness of Christ that one person is more important than the whole. So the point of the story is that even if the whole world was saved and there was only one person that wasn't saved. Jesus still would have died mm-hmm. for that one person because he came to save. He came as the physician, not for those that are whole, but for those that are sick. He's the great physician because of that. That's the Jesus that we worship. That's the Jesus that we serve. That's the real Jesus and not, you know, the, the bumper sticker of the of the fish on the back of your freaking car. (laughs) Okay. That's the real Jesus. 
the real Jesus has enough compassion for even the smallest person that he will drop everything just to be himself to that one person. And so in a nutshell, to sum it all up, we shouldn't classify people and give them names that are offensive to them and push them away from the church or push them away from Christianity or push them away from Jesus because of our offensiveness. But in actuality, what we should be doing is our best to love based on the amount of love that we've received, to forgive and to be gracious according to the amount of forgiveness and and grace that we've received ourselves. Mm. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed our time of fellowship. Me too, brother. It has truly blessed my soul. Mm. I am completely enriched. Spirit has been lifted. Yeah. My spirit is full. It is (laughs) completely full with all of the good manna Mm. that we've shared together. You're you're just stuffed full of manna. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, brother. And I am going to hell now. (laughs) Just kidding. And basket woven with ferns Mm. and palm ferns. From the regurgitated manna of your belly. (laughs) This has been fun. Yeah, man. Are we we good? I think think we're good. Let's just, you know, if... If you want to follow us, follow us. We're on Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud. Uh, what am I missing? As Unchurched Pod. We are on iTunes. Actually, you know, let's just make it simple. Go to our website, oh. Unchurched podcast.wordpress.com and you can yeah. find us anywhere so everywhere. we got the links everywhere absolutely all right brother all right well this Let's ends the first skype recording yeah we'll see how it comes out in post yeah i'm kind of leaning towards the old way Yeah, you want to backslide again? All right, let's do it. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right, brother. Peace. Peace. But the most wonderful thing about Jacob is I'm the only one. I'm the only one.